A great light dawns in Galilee. Some say madman, some say king. Wonder working rebel priest. Jesus Christ the Nazarene. He knew well what it would take. Free us all from sin and grief. A perfect man would have to die. And only he could pay that price. Friday's good because Sunday is coming. Don't lose hope because Sunday is coming. Devil, you're done, you better start running. Friday's good, cause Sunday's coming. So we let those soldiers take him in. As his friend betrayed him with a kiss. And there before the
Church, my name is Andrew. I'm one of the pastors. I want to welcome you to church on Easter Sunday. I and mean, we're excited that you're here. There's a lot of great things going on. We would love to know that you're in the room with us today or if you're watching online. We'd ask for you to check in with us there. So if you could do that by following some of the keywords there to our phone number, we would love to know what's going on in life, how we can pray for you. And you'll see some very specific things coming up that we want you to know about, that we want to be aware about. One of those things that we're really excited about in the life of our church that happens every year that uh, is a big outreach for us is VBS, is Vacation Bible School. And that is an opportunity for children's K through, or pre-K through fifth grade to come and to be a part of our church and for us to tell them about Jesus. And so if your student or child is in that age range, we would love for them to sign up for that. I heard Pastor Justin say already this morning, he announced it on Wednesday that we were open and we're already a third of the way full. And so if you're interested in that or you know people who are, now it's time to go ahead and get signed up. So you can text the keyword VBS to our phone number and let us know that you're interested and you can sign up for your grade group. That would be awesome. We're excited about that. We're also excited about this Wednesday night. We're going to be packing meals. Our goal is to pack 65,000 meals for our community. And it's an opportunity for us just to share our love for of the love of Christ for people in our community. And so we would love to you for you to be a part of that as this Wednesday night from 5.30 to 7.30. So uh, you can be a part by signing up. Text the word Mills to our phone number. We know you're coming and we'll be prepared for you. And the last thing I want you to know about is because we are for Deland, because we're for our community, uh, we're hosting a community forum on April 13th at 6 p.m. here. The city council and commission will be here hearing some things uh, going on in our life. So we'll be in our student center. If you have any interest in being a part of that, we'd love to be, be a part of that. It's just a way we show that we are for Deland in our community. So as we continue to worship this morning, will you bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Father, we thank you for this Easter morning. Father, every Sunday is an opportunity for us to celebrate the risen Jesus, but this Sunday, this Sunday especially, we get to remember that you defeated death. You conquered the grave. Father, you no longer are dead, but you are alive. Lord, I pray that as we celebrate today, as we worship the risen Savior today, Lord, you would help us to put our focus on Jesus, to lift our eyes up to the heavens because that's where you are seated. Lord, I pray that you will give us wisdom as we study your word. Be with Pastor Dan as he brings a message this morning. Father, help us to, to walk out of your change because you are a living God. Father, it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, come on, church. Let's go ahead and stand up with me.
within What seems over to you is not the end There's nothing that you cannot do I'm ready, God, to see you move Every voice, there's resurrection There's resurrection power Right here it's breaking out Let dead things come to life Let dry bones come alive The one who empties grace Is here to do the same Let dead things come to life Let dry bones come alive Come alive, come alive Let dead things come to life Come alive, come alive Let dry bones come alive The darkness brought victory To the veil
Let's pray together. Father God, we praise you today. We thank you for the risen Savior. We thank you for all that we are, all that you've made us to be through the glorious resurrection of the cross. Lord, thank you for loving us with an unending love. Thank you for going to the cross. Thank you for showing your love. Thank you for rising and what that means to our lives. We love you today and we praise you in the almighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Would you please be seated? Good morning. Happy Easter. What a great day. What a wonderful time to, uh, to be here, to uh, be able to just experience all that God has for us. Um, Easter is a wonderful, wonderful season of the year. Uh, it is a great time for us to come to, uh, together to give worship, uh, to give praise, to recognize all that Christ has done uh, in our lives. This morning, I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 24. Um, if you don't have a Bible, there's one right there in front of you. It's on page five, uh, 885, and you can turn with me there, uh, or you can open up your device and whatever might, might help you find uh, so that you can read along with us. You know, Easter is a wonderful time and it's a, it's a season of the year and, and uh, hey, you're here today. And so this is a special day because uh, we, get, we have an opportunity to celebrate Easter together. But one of the reasons why you're here is because you know what Easter is all about. Now, I, I know that for some of you, you think Easter is about jelly beans. I, I, I personally am a real fan of the jelly bean. Do we, how many fans of jelly beans do we have here? How many non-fans of jelly beans do we have here? Is there anybody that says I'm a fan of black jelly beans? Sinners. Bunch of sinners right there. So, uh, um, you know, I, the, I, I love jelly beans. I, I pass on the black jelly beans. Those like, that licorice flavor is just not mine. So, um, but uh, there are so many things that surround the season. Yes, there are there is certain candies. There are the Reese's eggs. Cadbury eggs, all of those kinds of things, Easter egg hunts, bunnies, all this. But friends, Easter is about Jesus. It's all about the fact that Jesus died on the cross, gave his life as as a sacrifice for our sins, and rose again on the third day. We celebrate a risen Savior today. That's why we're here. And that's why we, we come to this time. Now, I, we, we are so used to that message. We have heard that and understand that. And many of us believe that, that is the, it is the source of our salvation. It is the source of our life. We know that so, so, to be so true that sometimes we forget how weird it is. If I were to tell you that I know a story of a man who died and was buried, stayed in his grave for a couple of days, and then rose again on the third day, you would say, that's quite a dream you had. You would say, that's a really good movie script. You would not say, oh yeah, that makes sense. The Easter story does not make sense. 
It is otherworldly. And yet, it is true. And so, what I want to do today is I just want us to look at the story of Easter. Now, Easter really begins at Christmas. Easter begins with the birth of Jesus. It, it continues with the teachings of Jesus and the miracles of Jesus and, and all of the things that he did. It continues on to the accusation of Jesus, the betrayal of Jesus, the trials of Jesus, the crucifixion of Jesus, the beating of Jesus, the mocking of Jesus. When Jesus gave his life on the cross, it even, it even encompasses the death of Jesus. But the true story of Easter starts on Sunday morning. When Jesus rises from the dead, that's what we celebrate today. The resurrection is the foundation of what we believe. And it really rests on who Jesus is and the simple fact, well, no, not simple, the profound fact, the powerful fact that Jesus today, though he was dead, is alive. And so I just want us to take a look at this story from Luke chapter 24. Listen to what it says. It says, but on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. Now, this is where it starts. And these women, we're going to find that this is a group of women that go back to the tomb early on Sunday morning. Now, they couldn't go on Saturday because that was the Sabbath. And the, 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 the law had very specific instructions about what could and could not happen on the Sabbath. They could not go and prepare a body for burial. Jesus had been taken down from the cross. He had been placed in a tomb. He had been hastily prepared for burial, knowing that they would come back a couple of days later and they would properly prepare him so that he could be laid to rest in a respectful manner. They go back on Sunday morning. On the third day, they go back on Sunday morning and they are going with the spices that they prepared so that they can get him ready for his burial, so that he can be properly laid to rest. I love this fact because the women that went on that day, they didn't just kind of walk by and go, oh yeah, we meant to. No, they got up specifically and intentionally and they grabbed their things and they went to the tomb for the purpose of being able to prepare Jesus for burial. We're going to come back to that, but it's a really important fact that they did not happen upon it. They intentionally went there. Verse 2, it says, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? Now, this brings up a very interesting point that I want to make. And it's, it's, it's something for those of us who have been around the church or been around the Bible for any amount of time. One of the things that happens in our lives is we have a tendency to kind of uh, venerate or elevate these people that are in the Bible. Uh, there's something that I need you to hear. And it's very important that, uh, that we can go all the way back to the, to the Old Testament. We can talk about Noah and Abraham and Isaac and Moses and Joseph. And we can talk about King David. And we can talk about Solomon and Isaiah and Daniel and all these prophets. We can talk about uh, Matthew, and we can talk about Peter, and we can talk about Mark, and we can talk about Luke and, and Paul. All of these people that we see in Scripture, other than Jesus, 
all of these people that we see in the Bible, guys, they are just normal people like me and like you. We have a tendency because their name is written in here and because we've read about them through all of history, we have a tendency to try to make them something special and we try to make it so that they should react to things differently than we should react to things. The Bible says that they were perplexed when they went to the tomb and they found that the stone was rolled away. And the, these men in dazzling clothes, I don't know exactly what that looked like, but I'm sure it was a pretty awesome sight. Maybe it looked like some of you look today. So um, I don't know. It, it, but it, they, this dazzling, these dazzling clothes, and the men said, hey, listen, he's not here. He told you that he was going to rise again. And we kind of look at them and go, well, sure. But let me just paint a picture for you. Hear this. What if... You attended the funeral of a beloved family member or a friend. You went to the church, and it was a nice service. And from there, you were in the processional that went to the cemetery, and and you went to the graveside, and and the pastor shared a word, and, and you were like, wow, that was really good. Maybe even you stayed. You know, a lot of times people, after the graveside is over, everybody kind of goes and goes to eat or goes home or goes to be with family, but maybe you stayed, and you actually literally watched them lower the body into the grave. Then you go home. And two mornings later, You decide to go back and pay your respects. And as you walk up to the site, you see that things seem to be a little disturbed. It's not like you left it. As you get even closer, you realize that the dirt around the gravesite has been kind of turned over. And as you get right up on the grave, you look down and you realize the grave has been robbed. Your friend or your family member's body is no longer there. What would you do? I guarantee you what you would not do. You would not say, hallelujah, they're alive. You would not say that. You know why? Because we've been in that moment. And dead people, they have a tendency to stay dead. Death is kind of a permanent thing. In our estimation. And so when these women went back to the tomb and they were perplexed at the stone being rolled away, we kind of give them a bad rap. We're kind of like, come on, ladies. Don't you remember what he told you? But if it would have been us, we would have been just as perplexed and had just as many questions. Because sometimes what God is doing doesn't make sense in our human brains. And this story does not make any human sense. But it's true. It's right. And the women apparently were were convinced because the Bible says that they remembered his words 
And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the, to the eleven and to all the rest. Now, it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Now, I just want to stop there for just a second because it's really important that you hear this. Uh, this right here that we just read, talking about the fact that it was these ladies that went to the tomb, this is one of the proofs of the truth of the resurrection, Because, listen to this, it is a beautiful thing that the first people to learn of the resurrection of Christ, the first recorded thing, their first recorded announcement and knowledge of the resurrection of Christ is a group of ladies. That is a powerful thing. And one, it's a powerful thing because I love the fact that, that Jesus elevates and that God elevates the value of women, not only in the Bible, not only in the first century, but even today. I love that. But I also love this, that the proof that is in that is that, and follow me if you will, if you were going to write a first century story that, you, that was false but you wanted people to believe you would not use women as your first witnesses. Because in the first century, the testimony of women was not worth what the testimony of a man would be. And so there was an intention in this first century. Now, not true today. I want to be sure you hear. I keep saying first century, first century, first century, okay? Don't, just everybody relax. But if you were going to write a biblical story that you just wanted to pull the wool over everybody's eyes, you would not write it this way. Instead, you would say, and all the male disciples went, and they learned of the resurrection of Jesus. But that's not how it's written. It's one of the reasons why, and there are many, but it's one of the reasons why we believe that this is not a fictional story, not a farce, not a, hey, let me try to make sure everybody can believe it. This is true. It is the truth. We can bank our lives on it. It says, now it was, now just to, just to make the point a little further, here's, here you, you'll see it. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles but these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. These disciples who had spent all this time with Jesus, that had heard his message, that had heard his promises, these disciples heard the testimony of these women who have gone to the grave, and they said, nah, I don't think so. It seemed to them an idle tale. It seemed to them an interesting proposition, but not true. It seemed to them to be something that they probably needed a little proof for themselves. Now, if you're like me, I'm looking at the disciples and going, come on. I mean, you are the group that heard everything he taught 
You were the ones that saw him, you know, heal blind people and, and make lame people walk and make deaf people hear and, and, and dumb people speak. You were the ones that saw the 5,000 fed on the hillside. You were the ones that were there when he called Lazarus out of the grave. Why can you not believe that what he said was going to happen happened? And yet they didn't. You know why? Because they were normal people just like me and you. And if we would have been there, we would have said, I'm going to need to check that out. Because I don't know if that's how it's going to go down. And I'm grateful to be able to look at one of them. It says, but Peter rose and ran to the tomb. I love his pace, don't you? He ran to the tomb. Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. Now, I, there is one piece of that that's just a little wrong, and it's just a, this little preacher funny ha-ha, okay? But just stay with me for a second. I love Peter. I love the fact that he's the one that's always going to kind of, I, I relate well to Peter. Does anybody else here have foot and mouth disease? I, I, I say things a lot of times that I'm like, I wish I could just kind of re rewind and try that again, right? So sometimes things come out of my mouth that haven't gone through my brain yet. Some, some of you are like that, right? If you're sitting around somebody like that, just pat them on the hand now, okay? Just, it's okay, it's okay, it's all right. So, uh, and no, I, we, we all have some of that, and, and we have somebody in our life that's like that. I'm, I'm like that. Peter was like that. Here's the funny ha-ha. Peter gets up, he runs to the tomb, he sees that the linen cloths, the burial clothes of Jesus are still there, but Jesus is not. And then it says, he went home marveling at what had happened. Preach your funny ha-ha. Go back to the disciples. Go back to the place where you came from. Why aren't you going to go tell them, hey, listen, they were right. Those ladies, they were right. They were accurate. But so many times, we have a tendency to, to do the same thing. We get the information that we want, and then we keep it to ourselves. And we don't want anybody else to know that we've figured it out, that we've got the answer, that, that the discovery has been made. So here's the, here's the crux of the matter. And I, I just want to, so that, it's a great story, isn't it? I love the story. I love the, I love the way that Luke records it. But the question that we have to ask ourselves today is, so what? So great, that's, that's wonderful, thanks. I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the story. It's the, it's the story of Easter. It's kind of what I expected when I came. So, so what? Well, I think there's a few things that we can, that we can learn and maybe we can kind of put into practice in our lives. So friends, Easter should not be a once a year thing. Easter should be an everyday thing. And the way that we think about Easter should be the way that we live every single day. We shouldn't just say, oh, well, I came on Easter. It was a great message. Okay, great. I'll be back next year. We really should live out the truth of Easter every day in our lives. And so let me just give you a few ways that you can do that. Number one, if we're going to live out the truth of Easter every day, we have to be intentional to discover all that Jesus wants for us. I love this illustration where the women get up early in the morning and they go to the tomb for the purpose of preparing Jesus' body for burial. They don't just happen upon it. They don't remember a few weeks later. No, they are, it's like they're sitting there waiting. 
And they're waiting for day, for day to break so that they can pick up their stuff and the Sabbath is over. Now we're going. It's our job. We're going to go make sure that Jesus is ready to be properly laid to rest. They go and they, and they prepare his body for burial. It's not by chance that it happens. It's intentional. That is true of us as well. Please hear this. The Christian life doesn't happen by chance. It just doesn't. As a matter of fact, I would say that most things, most good things, don't happen by chance. I would say that if you were actually to examine your life, you would probably find that most things that you're not proud of, those things are really good at happening by chance. But the things that you really want to do, those are only going to happen by being intentional. You're only going to chase after God's best for your life by being intentional. You're only going to discover what what God wants for you and the way to live and the life that you want to live. You're only... I'm a, I'm a parent of two kids, 12 and 16. Can I just tell you, parenting is very intentional, is it not? Can I get an amen from parents? Yeah, it, it, parenting is very intentional. It doesn't just happen by chance. Oh, by the way, for those kids in the room, kidding also, kidding, <laughs> kidding also doesn't happen by chance. For you to, to, to follow the path that that your parents want you to follow, or for you to follow the path that God wants you to follow. Hopefully that's the same path. It's only going to happen by being intentional. Some of you are here today because you said, I'm getting up. It's April 9th. It's Easter Sunday. I'm going to be at church. You were intentional about being here today. Some of you were intentional. Somebody else said, hey, you're getting up, we're going, right? Some, that, that might have happened in some people's lives, but somebody was intentional. It happened not by chance. You didn't just go, oh, well, maybe I'll go in there. You know how I know that? Because you're dressed nice. Because you look good. You prepared to be here. This was Intentional. And I'll tell you that most things in life are because we can either be intentional to do something or we can actually be intentional to just go with the flow and see where the wind takes us and go the path of least resistance. And I'll tell you, the path of least resistance usually leads to destruction. Intentionality will lead us to where we really need to go. If we're going to discover all that Jesus wants for us, we're going to have to be intentional. Here's the second thing from this story. Hey, don't let your common sense keep you from God moving in your life. These disciples, they heard the message. They knew it was coming. Jesus had promised it, and yet they did not believe. And we shouldn't feel bad about them or toward them because if we were there, we would have been in the same boat. We can't let our common sense or our book knowledge or our 
our historical knowledge keep us from what God wants to do in our life? Can I tell you something about every person in the room? And I need you to hear this really clearly. God, the God of all the universe that created everything that is, A, he loves you with everything that he is. He loves you so much. He loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you on the cross, to pay the price for your sins so that he could have a relationship with you. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. I don't care how bad you think you are. I don't care how far you think you've gone. I want you to know God loves you. Number two, God has a plan for your life. He wants you to live with him. He wants you to walk a path that leads you in a relationship with him every single day. God has a plan for you. Friend, please, don't let your hesitation from him keep you from God moving in your life. I've seen it so many times. There are people that say, I can't go with God because I got hurt by somebody. And a lot of times people will say, I got hurt by somebody in the church. And just, I'm just being honest. I'm, I'm a pastor. Like I'm, I'm, I work at the church. I'm basically a professional Christian. That's kind of what I do for a living. Can I just tell you something? Sometimes the church hurts people. Sometimes people in the church say things they shouldn't say, do things they shouldn't do, go places they shouldn't go, act in ways they shouldn't act. But don't let your hurt from something like that keep you from what God wants to do in your life. I've also been around long enough to know this. Everybody has excuses. Everybody has excuses. But I learned this a long time ago. I think it was in middle school that I learned this. Excuses are like armpits. Everybody's got them, and most of them stink. You can use that later. I told you I got it in middle school, so it's part of it. Stuck with me this long. Excuses are like armpits. Everybody's got them and most of them stink. Hey, don't use your excuses because everybody's got them. Don't use your excuses to keep you away from what God wants to do in your life. Don't let your common sense, your knowledge, your your history keep you from God moving. And then I'll say this last thing and we'll be done today. If you forget everything else that I say, I wish you would remember this one. Oh, this is so good. Because it really goes back to this story. And it goes back to what I think is probably the crux of the story. The women go, they, they, uh, they, they, they prepare Jesus' body for burial. They're going to do that. They discover that he's alive. They go back and they tell the disciples. They don't believe him. And then Peter gets up and he runs. I think, I, I think in that moment, he had one emotion. And if I could just, if I could jump in all of our heads and hearts and insert this one emotion, this is what I would give. Friend, be curious. Okay. 
Be curious. Be curious. You know what I know? I know that almost every person in this room, almost, maybe not all, but almost, you've already got your mind made up. You've made your decision. You've decided how you feel. Can I just encourage you? Be curious. There might be more to the story than you know. There might be more that you need to discover before you make a final decision. Be curious. I love the fact that Peter got up and ran to the tomb. And he was so curious that he forgot to go back and tell his friends. But he just wanted to see for himself. Don't let somebody else's opinion about God make up your mind. Don't let what you've read make up your mind. Be curious. Ask God, what do you want for me? How do you want me to live? What do you want me to see? What if we just, what if we all walked out of this room and we just, rather than making declarations, we started asking some questions and listening to the answers? What if we approached this book with curiosity rather than judgment? What if we decided that we were going to walk down the road of Jesus with a level of curiosity rather than a level of, I've already made up my mind? Be curious because I really believe this I believe that when we get curious about Jesus the end of that road is faith in Jesus because it's just too good to turn away from it's forgiveness of sins it's eternal life it's direction in the life that we live right now When we approach Jesus with curiosity, we end in belief and faith. So friend, be curious and see where God takes you. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you do. Thank you, God, that you invite our curiosity You invite our questions. And God, when we ask them, though we may not always get the answer we're looking for, you are always ready to help guide us along the way to take the next step. So Father, would you just over this room, right now, would you just increase our curiosity and help us to make the next step? As you continue to pray, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond. Maybe you're here today and your first step of curiosity might have been a long time ago. And maybe today you came to this room and maybe you came with a lot of doubts. But as we've worshipped today and as we've shared from God's word today, there's something that's welling up in your heart. And you're saying, I, I need to stop the curiosity and take that step of faith. It's time. I've waited too long. It's time. 
I want you to know that if you're ready to give your life to Jesus, he waits with you. He waits for you with open arms. There's no judgment. He's right here. He's right there at the doorstep of your heart, waiting to receive you. So I just want to give you an opportunity to respond. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to call you out. This is between you and God. I just want to pray for you. If today your curiosity has led you to that point where you know that you need to put your faith in Jesus and you want to do it right here, right now on Easter Sunday, if you want to give your life to Jesus today, would you just simply show me so that I could pray for you? That's all. Would you just simply raise your hand? I just want to pray for you. If you want to give your life to Jesus right here, right now today. Anyone else? I want to give my life to Jesus today. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to point you out. just want to pray with you. I want to give my life to Jesus today. Just simply raise your hand. Anyone else? Amen. Anyone else? I want to give my life to Jesus today right now, right here. I want Jesus in my heart and in my life. For those of you that just raised your hand, and maybe if you didn't, but you just in your heart wanted to, you just couldn't couldn't physically do that, I just want to lead you in a simple prayer. And I believe that, honestly, nobody should pray alone, so we're just all going to pray along with you. So everybody in the room, would you just simply pray this prayer out loud to support those that are, that are making a decision to give their life to Jesus today? Would you simply pray this prayer out loud? Dear Jesus, I come to you today knowing that I'm a sinner. I've messed up so much in my life. But I want to give my life to you today. I believe in you that you died for me and that you rose again. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins and help me to live for you from this point on. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Friends, would you give God a hand for all he's done in this room? Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Hey, if you were one of those who raised your hand, we would love to talk with you at the end of the service just about what God is doing in your life, answer any questions you might have. You don't have to come talk to us, but we sure would love to talk with you about what God is doing. Right now, let's all stand together and let's sing this closing song as we close our time of worship.
took my place, laid inside my tomb. 